From KVMR and in partnership with Freed, this is Disability Rap. For most people with disabilities, it is about survival uh, a lot of the times. So if we can just get our basic needs met, that's, that's, you're, you're thriving. Um, and I hate to say that because it shouldn't be that way. Today, we look at the personal care needs of people with disabilities and how robotics may play a role in future care. I think there's tremendous economic potential with somebody starting their own robotics company focused on personal care assistance because it doesn't have to only serve the the disabled community. That's all coming up right here on Disability Wrap. Stay tuned. Welcome to Disability Rap. I'm Carl Sigmund. And before we introduce our topic and guests, I want to welcome. Haley Schaefer to the show. Haley is Freed's new disability community advocate. Today, I just want to welcome Haley. To co-hosting Disability Rap with me. Thank you, Carl. Well, today, we wanted to focus on the topic that we've touched on before. Here on Disability Rap. We've covered personal care on the show before. But we really looked at it. From a policy level. Today, we want to change that. And we're joined once again by Dan and Viola Dwyer, co-creators of the YouTube channel, The Ginchiest. We've had Dan and Viola on Disability Rap before to talk about their relationship and then another show talking about transportation challenges and opportunities for people with disabilities. You can go to our website at disabilityrap.org to listen to those shows or to read the transcripts. But today we've invited Dan and Viola back to discuss the personal care and how they see robotics playing a role. Viola and Dan. Welcome back to Disability Rap. 
It's great to have you. I want to begin by just asking you. To briefly describe the kind of assistance both of you need throughout the day. The type of assistance that both of us need uh, is, I think you could generalize it as personal care assistance. So, um, Things such as uh, transferring from a wheelchair to um, a toilet or um, a commode chair or a shower chair, um, dressing, getting uh, clothes on in the morning, um, meal prep uh, throughout the day or, or even just meal planning, um, assistance with uh, maintenance of or daily maintenance of a, of a space. So cleaning, uh, organizing, putting things back where they need to go. Dan and I try to keep a really organized household. So uh, that's what we would need assistance with. Great. And on your YouTube channel, you are very open. About the type of assistance you both need. And the people who provide that assistance. Can you just take us back a bit? Now you are living on your own. But that was not always the case. Yes. So essentially, both Dan and I were living with um, our respective parents uh, before we got married. And there was a reason to that because a lot of people um, don't recognize that when you have a personal care assistant or really a team, if you need care, you know, seven days a week, 365 days a year, those are employees. And they you essentially have to create a team that will work with you in order to make independent living a possibility so we we weren't there yet before we got married so our parents were essentially um those people they 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 provided for us beyond what i think an average child would need at, at our age we were already young adults you know, we really appreciated that time because, I mean, I, I hate to sound so harsh, but it saved us a lot of money. So from here, we're going to be playing a clip from one of the videos you guys have up on your YouTube channel for Let the Robotic Revolution Begin, just to kind of set the stage for our following questions. 
And I think that we don't talk about this enough in the disability community. It's an uncomfortable thing to think about. Like, what are we going to do when our parent or that main caregiver isn't going to be able to do it anymore? I mean, I think about that constantly. And I think that that's why robotics are so important. So there has been kind of a recent trend in social media where people break down kind of their like self-care routines and the things that they do to decompress and de-stress and all that kind of stuff. And normally when we talk about the things that disabled people do in their day-to-day lives, it generally is only focused on the things you need to do to baseline survive, like cook, clean, eat, shower, et cetera. So I wanted to ask what self-care and hobbies look like to the both of you, because that's not a question that's often asked. Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And I really appreciate even being asked because you're right. Um, and, and I think for most people with disabilities, it is about survival uh, a lot of the times. So if we can just get our basic needs met, that's, that's your, your thriving. Um, and I hate to say that because it shouldn't be that way. There, I think that there should be a greater emphasis on, on quality of life and um, having more than just your baseline met. Um, but we're not there yet. We don't have the systems in place nor the, the technology yet to, to address those and go beyond the baseline. So for us, I mean, so I have to say, I can't really report too much uh, of, of what we go beyond our baseline now, because we, um, we, there are situations where we have um, gaps in our coverage, uh, in our care coverage, and Dan and I have to to do it ourselves. And um, on those days, we just do like uh, Dan. You could talk more about how you take care of yourself, because I think that. For him, he's able to do more than, let's say, I am on my own. Um, so, I mean, you could say, like, you can talk about your shower routine. You, you make a point to take a shower every day, and he calls it his aqua therapy. Well, Uh, 
by hearing old songs. to the complications that come with receiving the kind of care that people like us need, you often don't really have time to do things that you may otherwise enjoy or to try out hobbies or to kind of branch out from just the basics of survival. If assistive technology were to become more openly available and widely accessible, how do you think that would change the dynamic of all of that? Well, for instance, I think a big topic that we don't talk enough about and that it greatly contributes to overall health is, is exercise, is some sort of movement. And I thought about this this morning in preparation because I, I was excited to join you guys and talk about this topic because I feel so, feel so red. <laughs> I love this topic. Um, and I just see technology like a robot, a personal care robot, um, being integral every day in getting someone with limited movement moving the body, you know, I might, I might, uh, offend some people, but I believe it's meant to move. It needs to move. It's healthiest when it's moving. And so, you know, me as a wheelchair user, I sit down the vast majority of the day, I barely move. And I know this affects my health. But if I were to pay a physical therapist, which I do currently, and I meet only once a week with this person for one hour at a very, very high rate, um, you know, I, I would go bankrupt if I went and, and did this every day. But a robot, you know, they're not, a robot wouldn't need to be paid. It wouldn't need to be given paid time off or sick days or any of that. But I, and I could, move every day and the robot would assist me to move um similar to what a physical therapist might do or even just you know um, a personal care assistant who comes in and does stretching for uh a client and dan, and dan i have seen, i have seen um some of on some of your videos, that you have a robot to help you eat. Can you talk about that? Oh, yeah, I love the robot. We call her Obina. Ah, I love 
eat when I wanna eat. I love it because it allows I, me to eat when I want to eat. I to talk a bit. About the social implications. Of having robotic assistance. People with disabilities. On the one hand, like Dan says, it increases independence. On the other hand, it lacks the human nature of caregiving. Obviously, we and we cannot discount how important that can be for people. Especially people who are socially isolated. So, can you comment on all of that? And tell me where you stand. So much here, Carl, so much. I am not at all worried about the lack of um, human interaction in my caregiving. Um, I'm around people all the time, and I'm okay with being alone, and I'm not alone enough, really. And I think if somebody is really um, dependent on someone for their care or people for their care um, on... Uh, 
on a regular basis, on a daily basis, then they're very rarely alone. This would open up a whole new world for them to explore their autonomy, their their own selves. I mean, to really like to to spend time alone that would be, I think, meaningful for those types of people. But there are some people, you're right, that are already very, very isolated. And let's say they can do a lot of their um, personal care. So they don't require somebody to come in and out of the house every day. Um, and they can get very isolated. For, to those people, um, that I think, but 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 I would say it would counter with, with robotics being a help to those people as well, because um, I've seen some robots that are now being used for people who um, have autism and, and um, struggle with social interactions. And so robotics can can help in that area as well if they're if that's you know an isolation or, or um, social avoidance is part of what they're experiencing. Um, I I think robotics would only help the situation. I don't see it as uh, as a danger in any means. Um, and I think it would allow beyond independence. It's, it's, it would be like a um, freedom revolution in the sense that suddenly what you never thought you could do, you can do. And, and that might even open up doors socially for people because then they could take their robots along and they can go out and do things because they wouldn't have to schedule, you know, with another person to do that. Well, I do have something to add. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, uh, not a Not every robot, so he says, I have something to add. Not every robot understands my voice. Are you referring to the um, Siri and the Alexas of the world? Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there, there need to be, uh, there definitely there's room for improvement on a lot of these uh, devices. Something that's really interesting about AI and the way we're working on it is it's capable of learning. The goal here is to get it to a point where it is able to make these connections and improve upon itself. It's well, what, What's interesting, though, is that, and I've asked this of the, the one CEO of a, of a Lyft company, um, is that technologists aren't focused on developing these type, types of technology. And he had his own theory of why that is. And I feel that that it mainly has to do with where the where the perceived money is. I think there's tremendous economic potential with somebody starting their own robotics company focused on personal care assistance because it doesn't have to only serve the the disabled community. 
it could really be more universal. But um, but people aren't working on this. You know, what people are working on are gaming things and um, commercial purposes for robotics. And that's incredibly disappointing to me. And I just think that there's so much potential um, that includes economic potential because if we can transform the assisted living nursing home industry, which is quite a lucrative one, it's quite large, then that's a lot of money to transfer to. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand with robotics when it comes to, to personal care on that aspect is the sheer amount of like unpaid domestic labor that goes into maintaining a household. And the fact that it can help bridge that gap, not only can it help the disabled community, it can also help women who are traditionally more focused on the at-home aspect of things because that is traditionally considered their responsibility. And I feel like a lot of people overlook that a lot because it's just not talked about. So it's not just the disabled community that can benefit from this. It's tons of people. Yeah, Haley, this is why I get so worked up, Haley. So what, what I'm thinking of is that for, for this type of technology to go and break through, you think they, they, they give me a little pat because I get, I get excited, um, is that they would focus, I think the first thing would be just what you talked about is um, like a robot that can totally clean your house. We have the iRobot bathroom, but that's like, eh, you know, what are you going to do? Okay, fine, your, your floor is less dusty. But we need a robot that would literally do your whole house as a human would. If we can develop that and, and, and sell it at a, at a price that isn't astronomical, like $50,000 for the robot, then... Um, then we're going to get some, I mean, people, that is a universal need. Everyone needs to maintain a clean environment. Uh, and if a robot can do that, then, then we're starting to shift people's thinking about robotics, as well as what it means to, like, how, how we spend our time. Because, yeah, and then they're, yeah. because, uh, as you said, I mean, most of the time, it's uh, the woman of the house that would um, be doing that work and that's time spent that they could be doing something else. Well, well. we could talk about this topic for We could talk hours. about this topic for hours. But we need to but we need to wrap up. What is next for the Jinkies? You want to say anything? Yeah. You say that? Yeah. Oh, gosh. We're making a really big change, folks. We're going to be moving from our home and, uh, right outside of Philadelphia to a town called Greensboro, North Carolina. We're moving there for number of reasons. Again, we're trying to keep improving our quality of life. And um, as we try to emphasize on our channel as well, we, we want people with disabilities to keep pushing for improving their quality of life. You know, we, we want to keep talking about two main things. Robotics is one on our channel. 
um, and also universal design um, in an actual physical space. So commercial, residential spaces. Um, that's a concept that, you know, again, gets pushed to the burner or, or the back burner or just not even acknowledged, uh, especially in residential spaces. And that's just a uh, big uh, disappointment. So I'm trying to get more awareness on those two things and grow our channel. Well, we look forward to having you back on. And hearing And hearing about your move. And you new life in And your new life in Greensboro. Thank you so much. That was our interview with Dan and Viola Dwyer, co-creators of the YouTube channel, The Ginchiest. And that does it for this show. Disability Rock was produced and edited by Carl Sigmund and Courtney Williams is our production assistant. You can go to our website, disabilityrap.org, to listen to past shows, read transcripts, and subscribe to the Disability Rap podcast. You can also subscribe to our podcast by searching Disability Rap on any of the major podcast platforms. We are brought to you by KVMR in partnership with Free, and we are distributed by PRX, the public radio exchange. I'm Haley Schaefer with Carl Sigmund for another edition of Disability Wrap.